0: Welcome to the Don Pravda and Erica Gray Show, The Twist.
1: Welcome folks to The Twist, where you definitely come for a twist on world news. And I'm really excited today to have from St. Petersburg, Russia, Earl Gray. Now, if you know about what's been happening lately with censorship, Russia Insight has been pulled off of YouTube Many channels have been pulled off. The European Union also now is censoring Russian media. So to find Earl Grey was rather exciting because he is a commentator and he is going to be, we're going to be in a real discussion today about Russia. So first I want to say welcome Earl Grey. To Thank you press.
0: very much indeed for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to speak with you and your audience, of course.
1: And the first thing I would like to talk about is right now in the US media are reports that Putin is sick, but they're unverified and myself as a journalist. I would never publish something like that, because I have to verify whatever it is I'm stating, so I want to ask you, is there truth to this and people are also commenting about the puffiness in Putin's cheeks and that being a sign of illness. So I wanna hear, is your Russian president sick? And can you give your commentary on what is now circulating a bit in the US media?
0: Sure, absolutely. First to clarify, uh, technically he's not my president as I am still a British citizen and only a British citizen. And uh, I'm living in St. Petersburg in Russia. To comment on those stories, They're not the first time we've heard such stories, and I could even present uh, evidence to show the mirror allegations that were made against Trump, if your audience can recall, about ill health, about even insanity, about inner circles turning upon this individual. These are the carbon copy claims that we can see that were aimed at Trump, now aimed at Putin. There is no verifiable evidence from official sources, certainly, that I have come across in Russian Uh, media or uh, channels to corroborate or confirm any of that. We have to keep in mind that Putin is also an aging uh, person, so there will be some physical changes. And let's not forget, there has to be a lot, a monumental amount of stress that he is under at this particular point in time.
1: Well, the puffy cheeks people have addressed, and he does look a bit puffy. He does. And I don't know if he's maybe, maybe he's gained weight. That does happen with age. And the other thing is I did read that when some of the reports are stating that he's tremoring, it's really not showing that in the video. So I appreciate what you had to say there. The next thing I'd like to talk about is, is the cancel culture of Russian culture and what is your opinion of that? And can you also give uh, some further insights? Uh, it's happened a lot here in the united states there was an opera singer who was banned from the met in new york city because she was russian as well as uh, companies pulling out of russia and all of this now russian cancel culture and i'd like your opinion on that
0: yeah i'm sure in my opinion this russophobia cancel culture has been one of, if not the most galvanizing driving force behind support of the special military operation. It has proven Putin absolutely correct in everything he has said in the leads, in the years running up to all of this, where he told them that the West has a negative view of Russia. It doesn't matter what Russia does, it will always be in the wrong, and there is no progress to be made by entertaining the West. That has been proven absolutely correct and true here. So people have have seen that. It's also led to what Putin described as the fifth column, exiting Russia. These were individuals, corporations, who were only out to profit for themselves uh, from the West. They have um, exited, as many people will know, hundreds probably now. I think uh, I'm going to quote a figure off the top of my head. I think it was Shell... Who had a stake in Rosneft lost 2.6 billion, I think. And I saw a a very amusing uh, observation the other day that hundreds of U.S. and Western companies have left Russia, and Russia hasn't really batted an eyelid. And as we've seen, the ruble has strengthened, and it's gone from strength to strength. It's now the most, the best-performing currency this year. The point being, that's
1: been a real shocker about the ruble
0: we can go into that a little bit more but one russian company left the eu and their economy is collapsing and that's gazprom
1: <laughs> oh i wasn't aware that gazprom had completely left there's a report today that's talking about how the european union is now devising a way to buy russian gas without violating the sanctions I didn't realize that Gazprom has... Well, it it is a
0: little bit murky. So sanctions have been placed against the distribution arm of Gazprom. Obviously, we know the Germans, and uh, it's hard to use the right terminology. Effectively, they seized uh, Gazprom Germania. They took it forcibly uh, from there, and that's obviously had knock-on impacts and repercussions because prior to that, it was only the UK, I believe, that had sanctions... Um, certain entities and Germany had had left Gazprom alone a uh, Gazprom bank that was it uh, that was specific the one uh, which caused a lot of problems with this gas for rubles and opening accounts so the UK w- was the only one and then that extended and caused more problems um, yeah so it it, it is complex uh, this was a, a Russian observation or joke per se but it, it kind of held, held some truth to it which was quite amusing
1: it is really interesting how Russia is standing very strong despite the sanctions, like unbelievable sanctions by the European Union, US and other nations that have been leveled against it. And I want to just make another comment on the cancel culture from a Christian perspective, because you're on technically an evangelical channel, it's evil and in, in the Bible nations. Are mentioned and actually Russia is mentioned and to try to it's a form of genocide actually to try to annihilate it's almost like an annihilation of the people without going in and annihilating them and it's a form of it's a form of genocide and I I believe this is why you're seeing Russia prosper also the sanction policy is totally against scripture and I'm going to be doing a piece on that, on why evangelicals should not be should be in Washington, speaking against sanction policy, because there's so many scriptures, the poor, and, and against using money for greed. And like you talked about, at the end of the day, this whole thing with Ukraine is about money, and is about. The U.S. wanting to sell its gas, the European Union wanting the products. Everybody wants the products of the Ukraine. Uh, What's your comment on that?
0: Well, I will start by asking if you or your audience are aware of the RAND report from 2019 that I recently did a video on. And I only covered the contents where it listed that these sanctions and all the steps Uh, This, again, back in 2019, talking about lethal aid to Ukraine. Very difficult to understand why in 2019 they'd be calling for such things. The other point to raise uh, with regards to Russia withstanding sanctions. So if we assume that, of course, Russia was aware of any such report because it was in the public domain, we'll also take into account that since 2014, Russia has already been under sanctions for the annexation of Crimea. Russia developed its own payment system, Mir which rivals or performs the same function as visa mastercard so many measures if not more than were publicly known were already calculated and taken into account before this unprecedented raft i think it's 6000 plus sanctions now as we stand so russia was prepared on the flip side i all i see are reactionary scrabbling policies coming out of EU and the US very much seemingly on the back foot, in shock, surprise, and desperation.
1: What's happening is they're using democracy as a smokescreen, but the European Union is totally undemocratic, and the US, our democracy is in question. The whole piece about what happened in Crimea and what happened, there's so much detail that the media is totally ignoring I mean this, this issue goes back to about two thousand and eight and two thousand and nine and the Maiden uh last week I had on Count Christian Andlau from Paris and he was the Secretary General of Pan Europa and he happens to also be a Federalist and he works within the EU Parliament and with the various political parties and he actually stated that Putin had made three appeals to the European Union to get in on that association agreement with the Ukraine and was refused, even though their whole premise is unity to prevent wars. And on the democracy of the European Union, he actually called it technocratic as well as Mm authoritarian. I mean, really harsh language for Brussels and i think that the piece that the americans are missing is the u.s seems to be trying to maintain its supremacy and you know we're going to be the policemen of the world but we are teaming right now with an undemocratic union that is not that is out for their own interests that is becoming monolith they're already starting to rewrite the rules for the world if you don't adopt those rules, you don't get to trade with them. And there's so much that's happening now in Brussels that our policymakers are totally ignoring. And uh, so I'm sorry, I just went on that soapbox, but the initial invasion, it goes into the next topic, is you hear a lot about Russian aggression, and I'd like you to address that, because in my observation, Putin has been president for many years now, and the only countries have been Georgia and Ukraine, and these are border countries of Russia. These are countries that wanted to join where there was talk of NATO, and we're violating our own Monroe Doctrine. You had the Cuban Missile Crisis, and yet we're okaying all these nations pointing missiles at Russia. So just, a, I'd like to hear something, you're on this Russian aggression, if there's something yeah. I'm missing.
0: No, you're, you're absolutely right. And you, at the beginning of this segment, you mentioned Russia Insight. Now, that was an invaluable channel that I used to watch because, in part, and this is probably why it was censored, it had snippets of Putin's speeches going back many years. Uh, he often lamented at how he had been refused uh, entry into nato now you don't read about that much in the west or hear about it but yes russia applied to join nato to be to be involved this was 1997 i believe uh really? oft- i didn't yeah. know
1: that Ru- wait i did hear there was something i heard hmm. some mention but i didn't know he actually made that appeal
0: yeah that was i believe 1997 and that was often a cause that was i think a light bulb moment for certain vladimir putin where wow there is no there's no way that we're allowed to play in the game but they obviously don't want it uh my wife actually is in russian but she shared a video with me today of clinton's speeches uh, going back many years i think 1992 uh, he was talking about how uh, the u.s had spent money getting yeltsin into power and it was a great investment because of the amount of resources that they'd managed to get out of russia something that putin quickly when he came to power, put the stop on and reversed and had a battle with the oligarchs for many years from there because of you know power and influence and the west has done in a few short months what putin struggled to do for many years and that was to get rid of the oligarchs and seize their assets seize their wealth make them toothless in Russia, which has been achieved, not by Putin, but by the West. I digress there, and I go on another tangent there. Uh, You've talked about the uh, EU um, as a monolith. Um, Lavrov has made very intriguing comments of late, and I would advise your audience to pay attention to Sergei Lavrov. He's talked about the New World Order, um, and, well, more so the World Order, or how it used to be, with certainly the us at the heart of the west dictating to the world how policy should be you know enacted and how how the game should be played and he believes that's changing now with the brics countries um they talk about uh, a multipolar world not a yes. unipolar world these are very very intriguing comments from these diplomats dmitry medvedev former president of russia is another one who I believe your audience should pay attention to, the words that he's now saying, uh, warning very astutely. He's a a lawyer as well, a bit like Putin. So they're very careful with their words, uh, astutely pointing out how the West is now going to bring about a global famine, hearing about a bumper crop in Russia this year for wheat, whilst India has suffered and has now uh, reduced exports. I very much fear, as the UN does for the fate of Africa, as the result of these these measures uh, initiated by the U.S. and followed up by the EU. Uh, the other observation I'd like to make is very refreshing to hear you say about God, because you obviously, America, you say, in God we trust. And it's nice to hear that American people have Christian values uh, and are mindful of the teachings of the Bible, because I don't see much of that at the top in the U.S., certainly not among the elites. And ironically i see a lot of that in russia It's even in the constitution in fact recently that that same law that they lambasted putin for passing where um, it was to do with the lgbt stuff uh, where it's not illegal to be of that persuasion what is illegal is advertising it in russia and generally that is very much okay putin supporting the family unit supporting uh, families in general obviously there is a financial side to this because of the economy and the aging demographics which the whole world is experiencing as well so there you know it's not just out of love for one's neighbor but i see my point being is those who claim something and then will judge others <laughs> in complete contradiction to jesus's teachings uh, <laughs> Uh, In very much, those people who are being judged are in fact seemingly upholding the very values that the others, or, or sorry, upholding more Christian values than those who claim to be holier than thou.
1: I think my audience, part of the problem is the indoctrination. I talked to a woman who was telling me how she's actually praying that something evil happens to Putin because he is killing all these women and children with impunity. And one thing I just wanna state is we don't see Putin like ISIS holding up heads. And I think that the US media, I mean, war is unfortunate and this war is taking place, but yet at the same time, the US, was it okay when we you know, bombed Japan? Was it okay when we went into Iraq? I mean, we're responsible for a good deal of war, not only war, but we impoverished about 20 countries, which now includes Russia. And there are so many teachings about regarding the poor. And I understand that, again, I'm going to state that we, there's a conflict with Putin and with, but there's other ways to deal with it than starving out the nation because it's his nation and starving mm-hmm. widows and um, widows the fatherless and all of that the Bible speaks of. In other words, they want to deal with him in another way, fine. But to then attack the entire economy, to crush it for greed and for gain is just pure evil. And I like what you brought out. That was one thing I admired about Putin is his taking a stand at that time and not being afraid of standing on those values and i even remember a letter that he wrote to the new york times and he referenced the lord at the end of the letter and he was Mm. appealing to the american people and i listened to him on russia insight it was almost like comedy one day because one day he's like He's talking to journalists. He's wanting relations with the West. He's wanting to improve. He is a market person. He wants an economy of scale in Russia. He is trying to appeal to the West. And and it was almost like comedy. He's like, I might as well be talking to a wall. I'm just ignored. And he was, and now he's totally vilified. Mm. And instead of sitting down, and here's the evidence, Today, it came out that now the United States is giving more money to Ukraine than we give to Israel. Ukraine now tops our list. So the hypocrisy of we want this war to end and we put it all on Vladimir Putin when we are arming the Ukrainians. And a topic for another show, because I'm not sure how much time we <laughs> have, yep. is the, the Nazi element in Ooh, the Ukraine. Yep which is not sure documented that we're have by enough the west time, but mm-hmm. I want to just get back to the this whole hatred of Russia, hatred of Putin putting everything on him and yet we are funding that war to keep it going. Your thoughts.
0: I yeah, absolutely. I think it's very telling that only yesterday did news come out that Lloyd Austin had spent an hour talking to Shoigu the Russian defense minister calling for an immediate ceasefire—very intriguing language there. Immediate ceasefire—that was not the language of a winning, a Ukraine that's winning. And where has been the advice, the intermediate, you know, the offer of arbitration? Uh, it's come from, it's come from Istanbul, it's come from Turkey, it's come from Macron, it's come from other countries, but never the U.S. They've never looked to broker a deal or agreement or you know, help. Try and shorten this lifespan of this conflict, of this special military operation, as they say in Russia, uh, which again is very specific. I said that Putin was a lawyer, Medvedev, the same. There's a reason for this specific language because you've mentioned also about civilians, these claims. I can't, I've lost count of the amount of humanitarian corridors and ceasefires that already, uh, are already permitted for Azovstal, for those guys left, to give them the chance to surrender. That's that's not really, um, that's not really conducive with this idea of supervillains and so on. And obviously, it's worth noting. Wait, wait, on... Do you
1: call him a supervillain?
0: <laughs> well, it, with this idea that the West puts out that Putin can control American elections, even the economy because of Putin's price hike, uh, he's now he's now responsible for this horrible event in Buffalo. You know, where where does Putin's influence seemingly end in the United States? It's
1: <laughs> You're really. Right. Yeah,
0: it's really bizarre and sort of self-defeating messaging, I feel, from uh, the media. Again, i digressed. There,
1: there is one thing I do notice, though. I do notice there's a lot of attention paid to the United States, not as much to Europe. And yet Europe, on first of all, it's expanding from not only the number of members, but its association agreements. And now uh, Macron just proposed this political council, that would enlist the nations that aren't necessarily members but also it's been in the process of building its own military for about 30 years now 20 years and the lisbon treaty of 2009 you know incorporated pesco and some of these other clauses and now they've got their strategic compass what is russia what is russia's opinion of the fact that this empire that's non-democratic is that's already stolen away the ukraine or trying to and you've got to know that at the end of the day it's about money i mean the 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 aim of the empires now is economies of scale and i mean what is russia is russia seeing a threat that they now want their own army and by the way they Pay hey, lip service to nato their army will end up taking precedence and nato will be something in the back that boosts their army i mean is there any concern about that is that absolutely playing maybe into what's going on in ukraine where russia is uh, sure definitely
0: to- linked to ukraine lavrov mentioned just yesterday i think uh, the change in the russian stance towards ukraine's membership to the eu before russia was kind of of the opinion all right that's not a problem the red line was nato membership for russia yesterday i think lavrov said no upon looking at it we've assessed the risks and it's now come to our opinion that joining the eu is also a red line for ukraine russia is very much aware of uh, of what the eu is up to what the eu truly is and it's not just russia le pen mentioned this I, th- I think it was actually from her interview in 1997 as, as well. The previous time she ran against Macron, where she talked about uh, actually dissolving the European Union. It was no longer fit for purpose. It was it had morphed into something it should never have been. It was no longer just about economy. It was about much more. So again, these these aren't just these aren't opinions just coming from Putin or Russia. Oh wait
1: are. a minute, and the political was always the reason for the economic that goes back to the inception Mm. and i mean i've been following the eu since gosh since like right before the berlin wall collapse and you know listening or well at that time i was it was before the internet so i was obtaining you know directly from europe because you couldn't even find the information in a u.s library you know what was coming out of Mm. the think tanks And it was always to reclaim the old days of the old Roman empire and for Europe to have power. And the economic was seen as the road. And it was actually, it's a really very smart road. So I think the the thing that's so shocking to me is that as this empire has been rising, it's been totally ignored. The media talked about it as falling apart, and my next prediction as uh, my prophecy talk is that the euro is going to end up becoming the world's reserve they they've got the banking Union capital markets Union which, by the way, their capital markets Union is going to create. The a, a duplicate of the S&P 500 but with European companies and when those final steps are made. And then you have the United States racking up all this debt, by the way, the money they're giving Ukraine, they're printing it.
0: This Ooh, yeah. is Pull not money thin that the United yep. States
1: has. And that may be the very thing that will topple the dollar. And also, uh, we are going to be in a very different empire age with their now possibly being the leading empire. And there's another piece that I will be working on. There's there's an article I want to work on where I want to show that by reason of their association agreements and trade packs, they have Buku trade packs. And by reason of that, their reach, and I want to document how far their reach really is and the potential for their GDP to literally go through the roof. So essentially, uh, Earl, they are a hedged economy with they have so many of these agreements that their economy is now hedged so let's say the u.s dollar tanks it's not going to affect them and i'm already seeing in the markets where at one time their their companies trailed u.s companies and their indices trailed u.s companies and you're not seeing that straight parallel anymore so your commentary on that
0: i would have I would probably have agreed with you prior to recent events and the recent market behaviors, uh, it, it would have been inconceivable actually before then to consider that the petrodollar would have been threatened. We, we can all agree that the petrodollar is very much under threat now. And I think it's demise
1: one last comment, three years ago, two years Mm -hmm. ago, the EU put forward a paper totally went unrecognized by the U S media. Mm. And it was a recommendation that their nation states begin to move away from U.S. dollars. And this was because of our sanctions with Iran that affected German companies. So ah. uh, most people don't know Germany. that the EU is also moving away from the petrodollar. So go yeah. ahead. Sorry.
0: No, no, it's OK. You've you've helped me there by mentioning Germany. So Germany, again, I think common knowledge for even... Um, those not really educated in your audience on on the EU, Germany was the financial powerhouse of the EU. Um, Very few other economies could come close to Germany's. What we're seeing, however, is a very concerning deindustrialization, potentially, well, already happening, but potentially could get a lot worse for Germany if they carry carry on barreling down this road that they can't seem to stop. With this, certainly gas for rubles, but what I... I expect to be oil for rubles very soon and I expect other commodities to also be for rubles as that comes on undermining the euro and sending the German economy into a tailspin which many people theorise is part of the plan uh, for for destroying the German economy presumably with some other plan um, some other force to take over be that the US or another, another country so I, I actually have a lot of um, I have some doubts to whether the, the Euro will become the World Reserve. I agree we're s- with you. It we're was seeing on the one. course
1: to become until they made the mistake mm. of the sanctions and issuing so many sanctions and now weaponizing the Euro. So I agree with you there. It was very much on course, but I still say that with what they're proposing, they will take over from the dollar. But quite, this, quite possibly, but yes, I can agree may there. Not be yeah. as strong.
0: I, the dollar's in a lot of trouble because of this rampant overspending uh, by successive administrations of the United States. So I can't really uh, say with confidence. Our foreign
1: policy is in the hmm. dark ages. Our, I mean, it is just, they are still in the Cold War. They don't, it's almost as if they don't have a clue that we're in a multipolar world. And that's one thing I'll say about Putin. Putin understands the world order, and I was able to see that he really understands it. I, it. I don't know what's going on in Washington, and I don't know what's going on at the Pentagon, but they still think we are in an old order of America supremacy, and that the dollar is just going to reign supreme forever. And they're making a lot of mistakes, which, you're, which Putin has actually stated, and he's correct.
0: Yeah, and capitalizing on, uh, the it's even mentioned in US media about the Saudis who are now entertaining the one uh, for oil. No, you're absolutely right. And what concerns me as well is I often stress that Russia is not the Soviet Union anymore and nor does Putin want to seek to restore the Soviet Union. What I think the reason is behind this mentioning of the Soviet Union is it has that trigger of past propaganda. Certainly people can remember back from the 60s or well, they had a an a relative who passed on this better-dead-than-red propaganda stuff in America. It's a very easy trigger to get people on side with the Russophobia to bring back the fears of the Soviet Union. And it's just not the case anymore. As you're right, the foreign policy is way back in the past, and it's it's not fit for purpose, and it's backfiring to a, a degree where I am genuinely, honestly concerned for the American people, not just them... But obviously in my home country of England and obviously the EU as well, where I have many friends, I foresee a truly catastrophic year ahead, potentially if they don't hold their political leaders to account and get them to adjust their behavior. Uh, A lot of people, you know, the poor especially are already suffering. They will suffer more and I don't see much concern for them from the elite. Uh, I see godlessness.
1: No, but I, I think I need to call on our community, the evangelicals, to do something about this, at least to go to Washington and, and you know, make a a stand against this sanction policy that's just wrong. There you, you want to deal with conflicts in another way, fine, but you don't you don't go after the population to economically destroy it and you don't go after the poor to make them poorer. I mean, this is just horrific. But I think we're running out of time. <laughs> yeah. This was a great interview, and I'm going to definitely have you back. Would, do you mind coming? I mean, do you do not a lot at all. Interviews? I feel so, that no? there's oh, and a lot. By the way, folks, check out his channel, Earl Gray, and I have it in my community, and I'll have the information so that you could link to his channel for some really great reporting. And he, you, you seem to dig up these details, and you, you show the facts. I mean, you show where it's written
0: yeah yeah that's the whole point um i obviously i give my opinion but I state that is my opinion and when i speculate i say so but then i, I leave the links for everyone to verify themselves come to their own conclusions and that's the whole idea behind and it
1: finally what your draw for russia why from the uk to russia
0: uh, it was for for a job uh, for a gaming company that brought me to uh, russia and as god decided, you know, my my circumstances had come to an end in England and the door opened and I walked through it and here I am.
1: Wow. And you like it there.
0: Absolutely love it. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't go back to England under any circumstances. Certainly not now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would I would like to visit Russia at some point, but obviously that's not possible I now hope you with do. everything that's gone on. But it looks like a beautiful country and Absolutely Moscow brilliant. looks like a must see. So, it but I yep. just want to say, you know, greetings, prayers are with Tune in next time for more from Don Provda and Erica Gray for their twist on world news.